Welcome to Investing with IBD, sponsored by Vantage Point. I'm Justin Nielsen, your host. It is Wednesday, August 18th, 2021. And I'm also joined by my special guest star, Arusha Pierce. He is the slash to my Axel Rose. He is an O'Neill Global Advisors okay. Portfolio Manager. And also on the show today, we are delighted to have Chris Gessel, the Chief Content Officer of Investors Business Daily, my boss, the person that I probably spend the most time on the phone with on a daily basis. Chris Gessel, <laughs> welcome back to the show. Uh, it's always great to be with you guys. Yeah, so <laughs> especially with me, you're like, yeah, we're here with me a lot, you know, which is unfortunate. So yeah, um, I, I always like to see someone sucking up to the boss. So <laughs> Chris. how was that? Did I, did I do that good? Pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> When is my next review? <laughs> That's coming up soon, isn't it? <laughs> so maybe after uh, the podcast, probably. Okay, perfect. Okay, well, gosh, and by the way, you're looking so young. Uh, <laughs> I have to say. Um, <laughs> so right. on today's show, we are of course going to talk about the market, and there's a lot to talk about there. This last uh, few days has been a rough one, but we'll talk about whether or not this is a pullback or something more serious. We will also get into one of Chris Gessel's favorite topics early entries. So we're going to be talking about reversals, um, breaks of downtrends, bounces off of moving average lines, tight areas, and even using intraday charts. So we're going to spend a little bit more time on that segment. Uh, and then as always, we'll also talk about a few stocks that are on Chris's radar. It's a little bit slim pickings right now, but we'll look at as much as we can. So Chris, uh, why don't we get started? And uh, maybe uh, Arusha, do you want to pull up the NASDAQ composite? We'll uh, show Chris that and... Uh, Chris, what have you done to the market lately? <laughs> well, uh, yeah. What was interesting about uh, today's action was we took out the, the low um, from the day before. And so, you know, we had, especially on the cues, if we could go to the cues, because I... That's your favorite it, instrument. Yeah, I, I, it is my favorite. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we had the the reversal on uh, on Monday, and and then we tested it again yesterday, which we didn't expect that. That was an expectation breaker, as as you were saying. Yeah, that's and not so, how you usually see a reversal play out. You know, no. you expect it to go up a little bit the next day, and there we were undercutting the day's lows. So. Yeah, ideally, if if this had been like a normal reversal, we would have even if we had undercut the, the day and, you know, uh, the low in the morning, it should have closed above Monday's high. And then that would have been really powerful, a big outside day. And, and, but no, it was, you know, it was decent, but not, but also an expectation breaker. And then today, especially uh, at the end of the day, we just took out the lows from uh, yesterday. So now it looks like the next stop on the queues is the 50 day. And if we look at the, at SPY, I think we're pretty much in the, in a similar situation. Well, so for SPY, it just kind of got to the 21 day moving average line, just broke it for the first time today. It looked like it mm -hmm. had gotten support yesterday. Um, and it really had gotten support at the 10 day on Monday. So it really wasn't giving up uh, as much ground as the NASDAQ. Uh, but it, it, it certainly was looking uh, a little bit more poor the last couple of days. And, you know, the Dow Jones Industrial Average, uh, both the S&P 500 and Dow Jones Industrial Average were in new high territory on Monday. 
you know, it was, it was a closing high for both of those indexes. Um, so they're not off as much, but the Dow Jones Industrial Average is also now trading below its 21-day moving average line. Yeah, so if we come down to the 50-day and, and reverse, there should be a lot of setups that, you know, could start as swing trades and then maybe turn into position trades. Uh, we definitely saw that a couple of weeks ago, um, kind of mid-July, mid just lots of uh, setups that, that turned into great trades there. So, I mean, these pullbacks, they're not a lot of fun while they're going on, but they do give you a lot of opportunities if they unfold the way you expect them. Yeah. And that's yeah. one of the things, Arusha, you were talking about how we we needed the pullback, but right. it's not fun to sit through, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. It, it's not never fun to sit through. And we're also in August. I, for, for me personally, July is always the, the trickiest month, but I think for a lot of people, August is the trickiest month. And uh, so you'll have uh, some kind of pullbacks like this, but what I'm still clinging on to hope is that we're setting ourselves up for a fall rally here, um, but uh, that setup isn't uh, is hasn't been very fun, especially the last few days. Mm -hmm. And just to kind of uh, reverse back in time a little bit, if you pull up the Nasdaq, uh, Chris, you were mentioning the the, the last reversal that we had, and uh, mm -hmm. this is the last time we went below the 21 day moving average line on the Nasdaq composite was this 19th, and we'll we'll be talking about this day, July 19th, um, in in our second segment, but. Again, what we've been seeing for the most part is that the, the NASDAQ has been getting uh, support fairly quickly. The S&P 500, again, hasn't really given much, much ground. A lot of times these pullbacks, uh, it feels like the buy on the dip mentality is so strong that the, the, the pullbacks, pullbacks don't last uh, for very long. You, you get a few days down and then you're right back in a new high territory in short order, but eventually that, that trend ends, right? So how do, you, how do you gauge when you might be in the later innings of the game as opposed to uh, this, is just, uh, this is just a seventh inning stretch? Well, I think uh, we won't see setups that, that stocks are just aren't showing the, the action that we typically want to see. That, that was the case yesterday and in, even the day before where we we're kind of scratching around like what is there to buy nothing was setting up mm -hmm. uh and and then the other thing is you know if it's really not going to work you'll probably know by the next day if you if you if you have a good day where everything looks like it's back to normal and then the market just really cuts through the moving averages and and uh the fun is over like what happened actually um in in late april and may the nasdaq came down got support gapped up and then absolutely cut through the 50-day moving average and, uh, and, and, and pulled back. But the good thing about that is that set up a really nice run. Mm -hmm. That was a fabulous run. I made, you know, I made a lot of money during that, that period. So if you can you know, sidestep some of the damage uh, when you're having a correction like that, and you know, that, that wasn't that big of a correction, but you know, it hurt uh, at the time you can really make a lot of money on the next uptrend. Right, and, and for those that don't know, TQQQ is of course the triple leveraged of the NASDAQ 100, the Qs, so it basically does three times on a daily basis, whatever the Qs do. And of course, uh, what was really striking about that move that you're mentioning from, you know, from the April, May 
undercut of the 50-day uh, is that it was really led by a lot of the, the big cap names, the trillion dollar club, uh, where the breadth wasn't there. It was a little bit tougher. You're looking at all these other stocks, and if you didn't have the big ones, uh, you your portfolio might not have been doing nearly as well as the indexes. So uh, sometimes nabbing the, the index, uh, especially on a leverage basis, can actually do do a lot more for your portfolio than an individual stock. Yeah, because during this this run up in in the indexes, the uh, advanced decline line was going sideways to to lower. So um, that that there just wasn't a lot of participation with the move. Like you said, it was the trillion dollar club. Yeah, and speaking of participation, there isn't that hasn't really improved during this whole know, time, right? right? So so that is one concern that I have. Uh, that underneath the surface, even during this whole run that we've had the last month and a half or a couple months, uh, you just haven't seen that broad-based rally just yet. And, mm-hmm. and, and that, that could be a little bit of a warning sign that maybe you have a little bit more of a correction coming in if, if more stocks start to fall. The, the few remaining stocks that have been doing well, <laughs> if now they start to break some key support areas. Mm-hmm. Right. And Chris, does the Russell 2000, uh, you know, that has certainly been the laggard index lately. Uh, it, it hasn't been able to get back above its 50-day moving average line. Does the action there give you any um, cause for concern that the, you know, that this has been lagging for so long? And you know, usually when people look at the Russell 2000 not doing so well, it's it's usually more of a risk-off environment. But the Nasdaq was giving us a completely different signal, so this was kind of the outlier. How are you? Uh, adjusting for that? Well, it still, you know, it it still seems like when the Russell is having a bad day, a lot of times our types of stocks aren't doing as well as they should, even if the NASDAQ is up. So there is still that kind of risk off feeling when when it's not participating. And, and I think that's why, you know, that, that run up from May to, you know, into, uh, into July in the you know, the NASDAQ itself, underneath that, there were just, again, the Russell kind of shows how it didn't really participate. And mm-hmm. there were some, you know, fairly hard sell-offs uh, along there. So that does bother me. And and we see that, it, you know, now it's testing its 200-day moving average. And uh, that too, to Arusha's point, boy, if that one, you know, rolls over, maybe usually the, the Russell doesn't really pull the market one way or the other, but it, it certainly kind of lends a, a cast to the market. So that, that would not be good. Yeah. And another, another gauge that you can look at is just the ARK investment mm. stocks that RK, the ARK innovation ETF, this has been struggling for most of the time, but you can see from the May to June, at least they had a little bit of a run here, but Still been struggling right around that uh, 50 okay. and 200, and uh, it's below it right now. So one last question before we wrap up this market segment. Um, is it time to short? Is it, is it an area where you think shorting makes sense, or is it too soon? I mean, if you've got some stocks that you're really focused on, and, and maybe they've broken below the, the 50-day, and they've come back up, and they're starting to, to roll over, that might be something you could do. But in general, it seems to me too early to short. I mean, shorting really works in the same way 
when you're when you go long, it really works when the market's in a defined uptrend, mm-hmm. and we're we're not in a defined downtrend right now. So um, there, you know, maybe you can find some very uh, targeted shorts, but I wouldn't just right. go, you know, all of a sudden go fifty percent short and just trying to find anything that you think is showing weakness. Perfect. So after the break, we're going to go ahead and talk about some of the early entry opportunities that this market has offered and why sometimes that's uh, preferred over breakouts. Stay tuned. Kicking yourself for that early exit? You can prevent them, and it's easier than you think. Go to freestockcoaching.com to see the tool independent traders are using to perfect their trades, artificial intelligence. AI doesn't involve staring at your screen for hours, and no research is needed. Just pick a stock and press a button. Visit freestockcoaching.com to see a live demo now. You need to be ready for rapid market changes, and AI can help you avoid potential losses. Check out freestockcoaching.com to learn more. Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Past results do not guarantee future performance. Okay, welcome back to Investing with IBD podcast sponsored by Vantage Point. I'm Justin Nielsen, along with Arusha Pires, and our guest today is Chris Gessel. So Chris, one of the things that we've been uh, doing a lot together is working on these early entries, especially helpful when you're doing swing trading. So maybe talk a little bit about why early entries are so appealing to you and why you've kind of shifted your focus to those above breakouts even. You know, uh, I used to be not so worried about my my entry. like, and, And sometimes I would intentionally wait till later in the day because i wanted to see is the volume really there is it and and i'd like the stronger and bigger the breakout i'd feel more comfortable and at times yeah you'd be underwater but it it you know ultimately what i was finding is i would get into better stocks by waiting and buying at a higher price Uh, i've gotten a little less um, patient uh, you know, sitting with some of these, but especially in this market this year, if you're not like, you know, pr- picture perfect with your entry, you're probably going to get sh- uh, shaken out in a, in, you know, whether it, it's a week later, or a month later, it just hasn't been the type of market where uh, a big breakout just continues going. We've seen so many big moves, all of a sudden they just kind of falter, they kind of start going sideways. And so I become much more focused on the early entries. And as you were saying, in Swing Trader, it's making a huge difference because if you get in a day earlier on a swing trade, that that often can be uh, the difference between a winning and a losing trade. So mm-hmm. it 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 just it especially in this market, it's making all the difference to get in as early as possible. Yeah. So maybe we can start by showing some examples of this Mm -hmm. uh, to illustrate the point. And uh, so for those of you that don't know, we will have uh, the video portion of this available if you're listening to the audio, or you can just kind of follow along when you're listening to this and maybe pulling up some of these charts at home. But let's go ahead and start with uh, Shopify. The ticker symbol on that, of course, is S-H-O-P. And this is one that uh, we've been watching for quite a while. So uh, maybe walk us through where the early entry was on this rather than waiting for that uh, 1500. Um, so so in the, the base that started, I guess, in late February or mid-February, uh, and, and when I'm screening over the weekend, 
I'm, I'm always looking at the bases and, and saying, okay, is there a trend line in there? Can I, can I connect some dots? So uh, if you start at 1499.75 there, and then pull that down towards 12, I, I guess, 1280.99 or whatever that number is. Yeah, so there you go. You're, you've, you're touching, what, four or five, uh, maybe even uh, six um, points on the chart. So that feels pretty good that there, there's a good trend line uh, you know, in the making. And then, then you see that big day where it really pops above it. And and closes right at the uh, right at the at the high, and so that was six fourteen, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Right, right. So now take a look at it. So if you bought on that day, and even at the end of the day, that's what the one thing I I like about uh, the trend breakouts because they're like the breakouts uh, right now, where you maybe sometimes you can wait, but the fact is, if you you know the earlier you get in, the better. Maybe wait. Uh, until you, you know, uh, 30 minutes into the trading se session or maybe an hour to pull the trigger, or you can, you can start, you know, early on if it, if it breaks the trend line right near the open, but you might want to scale into it. So you don't, uh, you know, it lessens the chance of getting hurt in a reversal, but look what happened with Shopify. So it just powered up after that. And it's basically going straight up the, the right side of the base and then it pokes above the uh, the conventional buy point there, and what happens? It reverses that day. So if you miss that early entry and you bought as it was going through uh, the left side high, uh, you're now you're underwater the very first day because it reverses. And then what happens over the next few weeks? Well, it goes up and down and back and forth, Just and it even struggle. <laughs> yeah. And it, it, you know, even at one point falls more than 7% uh, below the, uh, by below the entry reverses from that and, and looks pretty good. But now we're in mid August, right? So it's about two, uh, or maybe about two months in that, since that breakout and you've made zero headway on this. Now, if you bought back, you know, around uh, back on the, on the 14th, you know, maybe you got in around 1300 or, or actually probably a little uh, less than that. And, and so you've got a good profit where you've been able to sit through this because it hasn't really, it's not, it hasn't done anything terribly wrong. It's, you know, testing your patience and now it's coming into the 50 day moving average. And maybe this might be the spot where it gets support and really powers higher, especially if we can, uh, pull back in the market and, and turns around. So maybe draw another trend line on this from 1650. And hitting a few of those tops uh, as yeah. well. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah, so one so little outlier a, there that kind yeah, of gets above it. Too bad. Mm -hmm. Arusha, who, who is the chartered uh, market technician, um, when uh, is, is it okay to have a little uh, spike above a trend line like that? Yeah, it, it, it is. It, it's fine. You, you want to you want to get the you want to capture most of the resistance right. uh, mm -hmm. on it. Uh, I mean, that's kind of the core concept of it, mm -hmm. right? So, uh, I th this I think is just like a, a great example of where an early entry made all the difference versus the conventional entry. Yeah, and Arusha, correct me if I'm wrong, but weren't you talking about this on IBD Live when this was coming up? 
uh, above the 50-day moving average line. So uh, a little bit earlier, uh, was that a place that you were talking about it? Uh, I, I was probably watching it, but yeah. well, I, I bought it exactly at the same time that Chris was okay. talking about it. Um, I wasn't necessarily using the descending trend line. I was using more the fact that I was getting above the 280 level and mm -hmm. the 1301 level. And so a lot of times, especially on these markets with charts, I like to use the little uh, prints, the short-term prints that it puts because the way uh, it, it does it, it's eight days before and eight days after. If it's that's a right. peak or or um, a trough on it, uh, it, it uh, it's going to put those numbers. And so I like to use that kind of as a short-term because that's almost uh, – in many ways that that could sometimes be like a 20 day high, 25 mm -hmm. day high. And, and so those can be significant because there's usually, uh, you know, that that's almost a month of trading uh, going on. And, and so taking that out can be significant. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We found that in uh, market school when we were doing our studies, uh, you know, Charles Harris, Mike Webster and I, that those, uh, those prints are very useful in terms of both support and resistance. Yeah. Uh, and, and so that, that's, that's good, good to note. Um, let's go ahead and shift our attention over to DocuSign. Um, the ticker symbol on this is D-O-C-U. And uh, this is another one that I feel like we've been talking a lot about. And especially on this one, uh, Leaderboard got an early entry on this off of this earnings move. And that really made the difference in being able to you know, get a get a nice gain out of this one. Yeah, and the the other thing about this is um, pattern rec is great, but you you need to look within the pattern <laughs> within the base itself because this shows a big consolidation that started in in uh, you know late August September, and you know at, at least according to the pattern analysis didn't break out until July. But if you look within that base, there's a double bottom uh, that, that formed there. And that's what uh, David, uh, David Chung and Ken Shreve were looking at. And they actually uh, you know, uh, were analyzing it with uh, taking the, uh, if you start at 275.46 and then draw down through the middle high of the double bottom. And so on 236.11. Yeah. So on earnings, it gapped up and and just kept running. And how much was it up that day? It was up uh, almost 20%, 19.76%. Right. And and they, I, I think they probably activated it about the time it took out the 200 day. So they weren't buying it first thing in the morning um uh they you know it, it was fairly it was at least i i seem to recall it was you know at least midday and and when you see again when you're breaking a trend line earnings a, a nice earnings gap even though it was within the base and it's just showing that power they went ahead and put it on and it just took off from there held the 21 day for the next month and then poked above the left side high back in right, right around the, the beginning of uh, July, right? And what has happened since then? Well, it's been up and down. <laughs> and like with, uh, 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 with Shopify. Shopify, you're basically at the same point that you were six weeks ago. 
Mm-hmm. So I actually looked it up and it looks like the alert came out um, roughly 45 minutes before the close of the market yeah. session that day. So it was, it was at the end of the day. So a lot of that action had happened already. Um, right. You know, as you mentioned now, there was another entry on this uh, that, That's that we true. were talking about. Yeah. So maybe you could uh, talk about that one a little bit. Well, uh, you know that that low at two seventy forty one, um, right there exactly. So the market was pulling back, and DocuSign came down and actually reversed. But on that day, the the S and P and Dow were uh, um, S and P and Nasdaq were still down for the day. They were falling. They closed lower that day, and so this was just amazing that we were seeing the strength in this stock when everything else was really getting hit hard. And so uh, we, you know, uh, we put it on swing trader kind of again, late in the day uh, because it was holding up and it turned out to be a really nice swing trade went up, yeah. you know, went up all the way to three ten or so. And uh, I don't remember exactly when we got out, um, but uh that that was, you know, that really helped make our month because there were a lot of trades right around that time that were acting like that. Yeah. So July nineteenth, we talked about that being a, a big day, but this this one was actually July fifteenth uh, that it it had that reversal. So um, yeah, it kind of stuck out on on that day. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about Nvidia? Uh, we've got earnings sure. on that one. Um, that actually just came out uh, as as we were starting our our podcast taping here, and it looks like the conference call is going on currently. Um, but this is one that we've been I mean we've had this on leaderboard since April of 2020. Um, it really kind of didn't do much for for a while, and you know, in in August uh, it started kind of just flattening out for for a long consolidation there, but it's offered a number of opportunities lately. Absolutely. And in that, that base that was taking shape in May, if you, there's a very clear downtrend within uh, that consolidation. So it, you know, tried to break out, pulled back, came down to the 50 day and then uh, retook the 50 day. And I believe that was on May 20th, May 20th. So, uh, really nice entry. So, I mean, there's two things that we like about that. One, that it's breaking a downtrend line and it's retaking the 50 days. So two two elements of an early entry that we like a lot. Um, the, the one thing that was difficult about entering this trade uh, was earnings was, you know, about a, a week away at that point. And so we were we're always skittish about uh, looming earnings on Swing Trader because we always say, well, do we have enough time to have enough cushion? Or, you know, we don't typically hold through earnings, but a lot of stocks don't rally into earnings. That's not uh, a typical thing. But um, uh, we, you know, we were talking about this on IBD Live and, I th- you know, on, on Leaderboard as well. And so what was really great about this, if you got into this, um, by the time earnings were reported, the following week, you had about a seven and a half percent profit, and that's buying at the at the close of the day. And uh, and given that Nvidia usually moves around five percent or so around earnings, that's enough profit cushion to hold in. And it didn't do much the next day after earnings; it was down a little bit, and then it came back and started running. 
And again, you know, it was a great uh, swing trade um, that could have been turned into a position trade that continues to work to this day. So it's, uh, it makes all the difference. It, you just, you know, when you have the profit cushion, even if it's, you know, an extra five or 10%, it just makes it so much easier to sit through the next correction when it comes back down to the 50 day. Yeah, perfect. So you, we're going to take a quick break right now. Um, but when we come back, we'll get into a few more examples of some of these early entries. And then we'll also talk a little bit about some stocks that might be setting up right now. So stay tuned for that. Why trade off hope and optimism when you can trade using the world's most powerful indicator? Artificial intelligence has been used by traders to navigate the markets for the past three decades. Visit freestockcoaching.com to see the world-leading AI forecasting software for yourself. Trusted by more than 32,000 traders, AI uses millions of data points to track market trends, giving you the support you need right now. Go to freestockcoaching.com and we will help you find great opportunities today. Our experts will show you what stocks are setting up for big changes right now. So head over to freestockcoaching.com for a free demo. Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Past results do not guarantee future performance. Okay, welcome back to Investing with IBD, sponsored by Vantage Point. It's Justin Nielsen, Arusha Paris, and our guest, Chris Gessel. So Chris, you were talking about some of these early entries. We've been you know, showing a lot of examples. So again, make sure you check out the, the show notes or watch the video portion of this so you can kind of uh, follow along at home. But let's go ahead and get into another example. And this one is one that caught our attention on that July 19th uh, break of the 21-day moving average line on the NASDAQ. It's Cloudflare, ticker symbol NET. Yeah. And before we get into that, I should just mention that I do own shares of the previous stocks that we talked about, Docu, Shopify, yeah. and NVIDIA. I have, uh, I, I should disclose that I have DocuSign as well, NVIDIA. And uh, since we're talking about Cloudflare, I, I own a little bit of that as well. I sold those stocks this past week. Okay. Well, <laughs> and, and, and bought a house. Well, well, then, well, then I'm selling them right now. <laughs> if they're not good enough for Chris. <laughs> so let's go ahead and talk about uh, uh, Cloudflare. This, this is one I've actually been holding on to for a long time. So I actually have had to sell it a couple of times so we could put it on Swing Trader and then uh, I, I buy it back after our 30 minute restriction. So last time I bought it, I think was after that 30 minute restriction on uh, the 19th of July. And this is a great example. So this wasn't a, a trend line within a base. It was a, a pullback to a moving average. So uh, again, in July, the market's selling off. It comes down, gets support around what is that 99.51. Mm -hmm. And so this is a down day in the market and it's going up. And again, that just, the, those elements of strength, when we see them, when everything else is you know, getting hammered in the stock market. And this uh, stock is, is reversing and showing real strength and retaking the, the, the 21 day moving average that always uh, really catches our attention. So we jumped on that. And again, you could have waited a, a couple of days and said, well, does it really, you know, can it hold it? Or when it takes out the, the previous high, but by getting in that first day, when it's showing the the, uh, the strength, it just adds to your profit, but also makes it so much easier to sit through any uh, pullbacks. In, in this case, there weren't any pullbacks until like a week later, it just kept going. Yeah. But and Chris, uh, it, it, 
now now the stock on the 19th of July mm-hmm. uh, it undercut first it it broke the 21 day it undercut some other short term lows of trading the few weeks before you know right. just talk about the concept of just shaking out why that is healthy for stocks and why you know to really to get better at investing or especially our style of investing, you want to be aware of that, that this could be an opportunity. I, I think just taking a step back to explain, especially for those who are a little bit newer, why shakeouts can be healthy as long as you're not the one getting shaken out. <laughs> well, that's, <laughs> and, and uh, that's the, that's the skill that you, um, you know, when you first start, you're probably the person getting shaken out. Right, right. And uh, as you, you know, get some experience and see how things work, then then you can take advantage of these. So yeah, you can see right around maybe a little above 100, there were two or three uh, days yeah. in the prior weeks where it came down, reversed higher, uh, and then a week later, did it uh, twice and kind of held in that area. And so on that big reversal day, it was down well below that and, and yeah. undercut 100. Um, and so now we, that, that's probably at a point where people are, you know, they, they're looking at their screens in the morning and say, oh, my God, it's taken out that support. This thing is broken. I'm getting out. And that's why we often wait uh, we, you know, we, what we often say is we're looking for a, a close below a prior area of support, or at least, you know, convincing action below it. And, and that's why if you can wait that 30 minutes or, or an hour into the market before starting to, to, um, make any moves, a lot of times, especially when the market's, you know, in a normal pullback in an overall uptrend, you will see the stock come back within, you know, Usually within the you know the first hour or so. Do you guys have a timeline that that you typically, if it doesn't, you know, reverse by two or three hours into the trading day, um, is that a problem for you? It can be. It just it really just depends on how emotional and how I'm doing yeah. so far. You know, with with uh, the year and all that stuff. Uh, I can get I can get a little bit more jumpier, and I could be the one who who sells right at the that ninety nine fifty one area, if if uh, you know I'm already you know trying to not to dig myself too much more into a hole. What I, what I've definitely tried to do more this year, especially when the markets have gone choppier, is I I don't even try to watch it that much for those first few hours. Then I'll take a quick look and see, okay, is that anything really blowing up? And then closer to the end of the day, that last hour, then, then I'll see, okay, did, did it come back or not? Um, and that, that's helped me stick with some of these a little bit more or helped me get into, I didn't get into Cloudflare, but other kind of upside reversals like a, a setup like Cloud, we're looking at Cloudflare right here. Well, and it feels like a lot of times what happens is you'll, you'll kind of get that initial shock and awe at the beginning. Yeah. Um, but then a lot of times it'll just kind of flatten out. It'll hover. Um, so a lot of times just by putting a low at the end of the day, you can kind of see, okay, does it, does it ever undercut that? Or sometimes you'll see kind of a strong bounce come in and it never looks back, you know, it, it, it'll go up and then, you know, maybe it pulls back a little bit, goes up some more. Um, but by kind of putting that line in the sand at the low of the day, maybe just even, even in the first half hour or hour, uh, you can see if it ever undercuts that. If it does, um, you know, sometimes it's a touch, you know, and then it comes right back. Uh, sometimes it's, oh, it's really going through it. And then 
I feel like that's where I get a little bit more nervous and feel like I have to have to do something. But you know, as Arusha says, a lot of it depends on so many other factors. Where are you in your year? Where are you in that particular stock? How much cushion do you have left? Um, are you, you know, are you on the edge of, you know, turning a profit into a loss? Yeah. Uh, because yeah. then, you know, that changes that changes everything. But my my number one rule is I just do what Chris tells me to. Um, <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> well, and. Uh, but in all seriousness, it's a it's a good reason why not to use hard stops yeah. on yeah. stocks because that's what they do. They oh yeah, <laughs> they come down. They you know they knock the people out with the stops and then uh, turn around. So uh, that that comes up a lot. Uh, you know that it's if you if you can avoid using a hard stop. And I know sometimes people you know they're not maybe they're on vacation or they're they're away from the market and they you know they want to put a stop in there but there's just so many times where you know the morning action looks completely different than what yeah. uh happens in the afternoon or well, even... we say that so many times uh, on ibd live it's not mm -hmm. how it opens it's how it's how you close and that can right. be you know of the day uh, but it could also be of the week, you know, exactly. a lot of times, you know, when yeah. you're looking at these breaks of the 10 week moving average line. Uh, okay. You know, that's, that, that happens maybe early in the week, but by the end of the week, man, it's, it, it's, it's like a blip. And, you know, again, sometimes stepping back, uh, it can be real easy to look at those intraday charts and maybe get a little too, too focused, like, oh my gosh, it's crashing. And it's like, no, it's not crashing. It's, you know, Shopify's down five points on a $1,500 stock. That's really nothing. Right. Yeah, it's a lot of times what I try to tell myself, especially if we have a sell-off on a Monday or a Tuesday, right. is, okay, it's early in the week. By Wednesday, you should start seeing, hopefully, a little bit of a turnaround. And then Thursday and Friday, it can, they can really bring it back up. And it's amazing at how, how that, that will keep you in stocks. Um, so, so that's something to keep in mind. But of course, if you're down that 8%, if you're hitting your true kind of stop where you have to manage your risk, then it doesn't matter whether it's the first uh, minute in on Monday, I'm going to cut my losses and protect myself. Yeah. Uh, so let's go ahead and shift gears a little bit to uh, one of our long-term leaders. This is MSCI. And usually for our long-term leaders list, we talk about wanting to get these specifically on pullbacks. We don't want to necessarily be buying these on breakouts. So maybe uh, talk about MSCI. Uh, this is one that, you know, I mean, Chris, you and I, we, we talk about this every week in our long-term leader discussion, mm -hmm. but uh, man, I didn't catch it. Uh, what, what, what sticks out on this one uh, uh, to you? Well, the fact that it came down and it reversed uh, off the bottom at, at 443, and that could be an entry as well. But what uh, we, you know, what we were really focusing on was it, it came up and then it just went sideways and got really tight. And anytime you see a stock getting support and as it, you know, moves sideways, it gets even tighter. That is just like a big, you know, uh, siren almost that there's, you know, if it, if it moves, that's, that could be a really good trade. So we love seeing, you know, the, the, the tightness, uh, some people call it a squeeze, um, but when it breaks out of that consolidation and starts moving, that's the time to jump and jump on these. And again, uh, in this case, uh, it was coming right off the, the, uh, the 50 day, which again, for long-term leaders is, is good because look at this chart, this stock has the, 
the habit of it breaks out, runs up maybe five or 10% and then goes into another consolidation. And that may seem like painful action to, to sit through, but then why don't we show a monthly chart of how the stock looks and that is a completely different looking chart where yeah it's a stair stepper but it's a stair stepper to heaven and it just <laughs> keeps going so uh the, you know this is a stock that went from about 35 to 800 since 2013 you know i'd take that if you're into <laughs> so that sort of thing right and 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 the, the whole reason we came up with this concept is because we would go back and look at stocks that we had on leaderboard and they were just so difficult because they didn't seem to be moving that much. But what happens is these small weekly gains turn into huge moves over many years. Yeah. And on this monthly chart, that relative strength line, right. it, it's been outperforming since 2015, essentially. You know, it's just been constantly hitting new highs. It's a, a pretty amazing move. That's really gone underneath the the surface too mm -hmm. um and and the other kind of interesting thing i just switched back over to the daily chart is you know after that breakout or that emergence on 610 mm -hmm. today is the first close below the 10 day moving average so yeah. it's been over <laughs> held the 10 months. days yeah <laughs> let's maybe shift our attention from you know this one which Again, seems seems like a stair stepper. It's slow, you know. Uh, it's like watching paint dry to something with a little bit more heat, and that's BioNTech, which uh, also came out uh, at, on the same day that DocuSign um, did. It had a, a bounce on July fifteenth uh, from a moving average. So maybe talk about uh, this one and how how this one held a ten day <laughs> moving average line as well. Yeah, yeah an amazing move. So again. You can draw the trend line. So it was building a base and uh, very, you know, quiet action, just, uh, you know, in general, the, the, the volume during that pullback was lighter than, than the run-up uh, before it started uh, consolidating. So that's, you know, exactly what you want to see. And then it poked above um, the moving average and the, the trend line we got into it on swing trader that day and i think that leaderboard might have gotten in on the breakout um, a few days later but the fact is we you know we, we did not expect this move and that's what's nice is sometimes when you get in early you just get an even bigger move than if you had bought it uh later and what really got our concern is all of a sudden it was acting too strong and we were nervous that uh, there's no way this thing can, uh, can uh, continue higher and it just kept going. Uh, the nice thing about leaderboard because they're you know looking for more you know they want to hold a, a, a stock for weeks some months or even years whereas we're looking at you know days to, to maybe a week or two. Um, this one just went into what looks pretty much like a climax run and uh the, the, you know leaderboard didn't get the top but uh they got it uh you know still had a, a nice chunk of that run yeah absolutely um so let's go ahead and now shift our attention to maybe some stocks that are setting up for potential 
uh, early entries. And why don't we go ahead and start with uh, Academy Sports. ASO is the ticker symbol on this one. Yeah. So, I mean, I always, especially when you're, you've got a stock that's had a great uh, move already. It's shown itself to be a leader. Academy came uh, public, what, around, I don't know, $13 or something like that. Maybe it was a SPAC. So, uh, and, and now, you know, it peaked at, uh, you know, over $40. So it's, it's, you know, had a really nice move this year. And this is a, it's second uh, base um, since making that move. And if you take a, why don't you draw a line across that base? And again, like when I'm, when I'm doing my weekend, um, uh, you know, screening, I'm always looking where, where is the resistance? And as David Ryan says, just draw the line. So where you're drawing, there's definitely resistance uh, sideways there. And then you can also draw a downtrend within the base. And that's a little uh, steep. So I'm, I'm looking at, yeah, that's the one I've got right now. So what would be interesting about this is if it can really break this uh, downtrend with some vigor, it might still be below the 50-day moving average. So maybe you don't put a whole, you know, a full position, but you're getting an early entry on the early entry, which would be taking out the 50-day. So it's like a, you know, it's a double. Uh-huh. Um, and maybe the uh, this is not the market to, to be doing it, but, you know. Or it might be the market. To, to yeah, if we get a turn, right? yeah, yeah, if we get a turn right. in the market, then again, the, the whole idea is that you have some of these on your radar because it's so easy when the market gets a little foul, you're so focused on defense and you're, you know, what do I need to sell that you forget sometimes to be looking at those screens of, oh, what, what is potentially setting up to buy? So, that, that, you know, this definitely gets my attention. Um, I'd love to see it, uh, you know, unfold the way that I'm envisioning it. And if it doesn't, you cut your loss and you move on. There's Mm -hmm. not all of these work, but the ones that do work really make up for the few that don't. Mm -hmm. So no doubt one of the things that has been uh, a big mover for the the last year uh, almost is energy and specifically the oil stocks. So talk a little bit about Targa uh, Resources, TRGP, that has been on your radar for a while now. Yeah, we've been talking about this because it's it's on our swing trader watch list, and we've been following it. And um, if you let, let's look at look at well, if, for people who can't see the chart, it's come down. Um, it was below the the fifty day. It's gotten support, and it's still it's still it retook the fifty day, and now it's uh, back below it, but not too much. Now let's now look at Denberry, another big leader and probably, you know, and DEN the poster is child on that. Yeah. The poster child of, uh, boy, don't you wish you had been <laughs> right. in this, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, went from 20 to 80, you know, uh-huh. since, uh, uh, November. So, uh, so this stock is much further below the, the 50 day and, you know, it's gone up a lot more. There's probably, it's going to have maybe a, a, a bigger, wider base for a while. But if we go back to Targa, 
it just seems a lot more normal. If you were looking at Targa and you didn't know what else was going on in the in the oil market, you wouldn't say, oh, wow, the oil stocks must be getting killed. This just looks like a normal base. Right. So uh, with that trend line, if it, if it breaks that trend line, it would almost assuredly be retaking the 50-day moving average. So again, you're getting the one-two punch of two types of resistance and, and uh, you know, institutions are looking at that too and then they'll come in and really start pushing it and ideally you would be up near you know 50 within uh, a few days Mm -hmm. and you could easily see this you know potentially breaking a downtrend on the relative strength line is that something that you ever use uh too much um you know just kind of drawing a trend on the relative strength line. I, i do i do sometimes especially in the bigger, longer, deeper bases where mm-hmm. you're trying to, okay, is it really doing better than, than, you know, than it has over maybe recent weeks or recent months, even when the, you know, it seems to be uh, a really weak relative strength line. And then you draw that, that um, uh, trend line on it. And it's like, oh, okay, well, it, it broke it uh, a week ago. So that can be a good, uh, little tell that maybe this is really getting ready to move. Mm-hmm. And any advice on using intraday charts? Because I know that's something that you like to do uh, too. What what kind of timeframes do you like to use there? Well, you know, we often use sixty minute and thirty minute charts, and it 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 can get you in a little bit early. It's not we're not necessarily looking for the pattern on the the. Um, on the intraday chart, but once you see the pattern on the daily chart, then you go to the intraday chart and it's like, hmm, uh, maybe there is a little area of resistance that that if it takes it out, you could actually start building a position before it takes out the the trend line, or it's you're getting it right away because it it you can see that there's a lot of volume coming in compared to the spikes that you've seen in, in uh, recent days and weeks. So it can really be, it can give you the conviction to take uh, an even sometimes slightly earlier entry. Yeah, well, this has been a lot of great stuff. And while this might not be the market for you to (laughs) use some of this stuff immediately, uh, I think you wanna just really kind of flag these ideas because eventually the market will reverse again. And this is exactly the kind of stuff that will help you be ready for that next, uh, that next pullback slash reversal slash uptrend uh, that you know the market has. So thanks a lot for those tips, Chris. And uh, thank you, Arusha, for being with us once again. And I guess, Chris, I'll talk to you tomorrow, huh? <laughs> for hours. <laughs> for <laughs> hours. <laughs> Remember to bring him some bagels. <laughs> okay. Nice. So next week, we're going to have on the show Pedro Palandrani on the, uh, from Global X ETF. So a lot of interesting ETFs that Global X has put out there, very sector specific. So it'll be really interesting to talk to him about some of the things that Global X ETFs is doing. So hope you stay tuned for that next week. And uh, thank you for joining our show today. It's Justin Nielsen, Arusha Paris, and Chris Gessel. Thanks for listening and watching. And for this week's notes and charts, make sure to go to investors.com slash podcast, where you'll find details for each episode in the podcast episode section. And make sure to subscribe, rate and review our podcast if you haven't already. We'd really appreciate it. You can also send us your questions and comments to investingpodcast at investors.com. We would love to hear from you and may use your comments on an upcoming episode.
This podcast is for informational and educational purposes only, and nothing should be construed as a recommendation to buy, hold, or sell any securities. Make sure to consider consulting with your financial advisor before making any investment decisions.